Oons, 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 oons. How can you get down to that beat? Oh, man, it gets me going. Episode 147, folks. Hope you're doing great. It's probably been a week or so since we've been back. Uh, Fight League Atlantic Exposure. Make sure you check it out on all anywhere you get a podcast. FLA Exposure, check it out. Uh, this episode is sponsored by our good friends at Mezcal Agua Santa. Uh, a beautiful, delicious premium liquor uh, represented by a great guy here in Halifax, uh, Mr. Andrew Keyes and his brand. Um, great sponsors of uh, East Coast Martial Arts and, and podcasts, just good people. So check them out, available in all liquor stores. Premium liqueur, Mezcal Agua Santa. All right, folks, we got a great, great episode lined up for you. This guy should have been on this podcast long ago. A uh, guy I look up to a lot in the jiu-jitsu scene. He's definitely, man, if, one of the most talented guys in Canada when it comes to jujitsu. He's starting to put out some nice instructionals, uh, kind of like drilling, just kind of being a little bit more active on social media. And, and it's really great to see because this guy's got a shit ton of wisdom and real wisdom from real experience. A Mundial's uh, medalist, uh, multiple time IBJJF medalist, uh, competitor in some sub series pro, rogue, uh, and the list goes on and on. He's trained with Ryan Hall and, and super ton, ton of high-level guys from, you know, Titans and obviously now with Halifax BJJ. So super honored to have this guy on, one of the best black belts we got, uh, Mr. Josh Presley. Hey, what's up, buddy? Good, man. How you doing? Good, man. That was uh, quite the intro. I'm, I'm kind of interested to hear what I have to say now. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's all true, man. Like, it's, it's very true. You're a super talented guy and, uh, you know, a ton of experience, man. So I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, no, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it, man. It's good to, good to be talking to you again. It is. It's been a while since we caught up. And uh, like we said, um, you know, I, I've trained with you for a while and, and off and on and, and between like different places. And I never kind of found out like how you got into martial arts, Josh. Like what what drew you to this whole thing? Like how I got into jiu-jitsu from yeah kind of thing? Um, I, I was still a teenager, like still in high school. And a lot of people probably don't know, but I was actually pretty overweight at one point. Like I was over 200 pounds, like when I was a teenager. Wow. Yeah. I still have my, like uh, my first driver's license picture. I was pretty, pretty chubby in that photo. But uh, anyways, like I um, just kind of got sick of being out of shape and I wanted to be better at sports or whatever. And mm -hmm. I was into watching UFC then, but it was probably like the Chuck Liddell, Randy Couture era. If you remember when they had their kind of like yeah. three. No jujitsu. Yeah. <laughs> not very much jujitsu. But when I was watching it back then, I wasn't really interested in, like, uh, fighting yet. I didn't really know anything. I just knew I didn't know how to fight, and I just wanted to learn some type of, like, self-defense. And back then, uh, it old, seems old school now, but I looked in the yellow pages because there wasn't really much. Couldn't really find wow. much if you Googled martial arts or jiu-jitsu, Halifax. You know, you really didn't find much. And it was really just kind of like taekwondo and, and different stuff like that. But I wanted to do, try to do jiu-jitsu. And I was originally going to try to look to do judo. But the closest place I could I found was like Bridgewater, so there was jujitsu, and uh, I got a couple of buddies to go to try out a class, and one of them stuck around for like a couple of classes. One of them stuck around for a month, and by then I kind of already had my feet wet, and I was mm -hmm. I was getting into it, and I kind of took off from there. Man, it's it's kind of interesting. Everybody's kind of has that, and obviously we're all kind of around the same age that watch the UFC and stuff, but then as you get into it, like what, why did like, you're obviously such a high level competitor. You're very competitive and you know, you compete really hard. You train really well, but why never MMA for you? What? No interest. Um, 
I guess I just don't like to get beat up. I don't know. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. I hear you. <laughs> to me, I just really appreciate the technical aspect of training. Not that MMA is not technical. Sure. And yeah. I, I feel like, I mean, I think a lot differently now than I did when I was a white belt. And I feel like sometimes it's kind of even almost like hard to remember. Like, But I, I feel like when I started jiu-jitsu, I probably thought like, yeah, I'll probably do a fight when I'm like a purple belt. Because back then, like it was still like a lot of guys didn't fight till they were like black belts or brown belts like back then it was like okay you know some guys waited like a long time mm -hmm. and you know it just seemed like well if you train martial arts you probably fight mma so i think probably when i started i was like okay well maybe i'll i'll look to fight at some point but then honestly the more that i got into jiu-jitsu the more that i just loved it and it's just all i wanted to do and it was like i didn't even really want to take time away doing muay thai or boxing to take away from jiu-jitsu you know so there's times that i i mess around with like with, with a little bit of boxing we used to like hit the pit pads for warm-up and like yeah, i could probably look right. okay on the pads but it's like i'm, I'm not an mma fighter i'm a jiu-jitsu fighter yeah and a very good one at that <laughs> i try my best well it's man you, your style is so fun not just fun to watch but it's it's fun to roll with too because you're pretty adaptable anywhere and you, you're versatile any versatile versatile anywhere like you're you're uh i always think of this story man i don't know how long probably like a year ago we were rolling and com my clumsy ass uh, i don't know what i did i think i hit you in, you know exactly what i'm talking about i think i hit you in the head with like I don't know what I did, but I hit you in the head somewhere. And then you just, you literally just went. And I was like, uh-oh, <laughs> I'm done. And, but I was just like, I was just trying to hold on, right, for the rest of the roll, but I didn't. But it was just, it's fun, man, to roll with high-level people. And, like, it's it's a, a ton of experience. How do you look at your whole career? Like, you think about being a white belt. Like, man, you've been a black belt for how many years now? Jeez, man, sometimes I almost forget. I think I got my black belt in 20... 16 crazy yeah. you know what i mean like that's like you you've been doing jujitsu for probably close to 20 years now yeah Isn't yeah you? i don't i don't feel super old yet but i feel like i've been around for a while yeah <laughs> yeah it's that's it man a lot of miles like we, do you think back to those mondale's days like when you competed there like how are you uh obviously you're a much different person but do you notice anything that kind of stands out in your jujitsu from that's the biggest difference from like then to now my my jiu-jitsu is different from now mm. compared to then i mean i would say it's it's pretty much the same it's just a lot more refined like if i go back and watch some of my blue belt matches like it's kind of it's like really raw you know like the moves were there yeah. like i had like the outline of my game but it's like now it's just like i watch myself it's just kind of like a much more polished version of what i was trying to kind of present back then but it just comes through having good role models and putting in a lot of hard training it's kind of why i liked jiu-jitsu back in the day it seemed to me like it really was kind of the only sport that you can get as much out of you as you want out of it it just depends on how much work you put in so back then like i started when i was 17 so i was going really hard yeah. like my first six months i was probably just going the twice a week the beginners class and uh, i didn't even really know how it worked back then i was like i guess they just invite you to the advanced class i don't know and then uh, one uh I think John Gale back then was like, Hey man, like you should come to the advanced class. And then I ended up just partnering up with him. And then I was got more times per weekend. And then I was training on Sundays and then, you know, you start to get into tournaments and I had some success there and just kind of just kept going and going. Yeah. It's, it's it, man. Like hard training though, but like, it's, I'm sure there's gotta be like peaks and valleys in, in your whole career. Like I look at like throughout my training, like sometimes I like, I hated it. 
Like I hated going to class. I'm like, fuck this. I hate this sport. And I don't know if it's because of promotions. Did you ever go through that kind of? Definitely in the early days. I think the white belt days are really tough. And sometimes, like I said, sometimes you forget what it's like in like the first couple years of training. And it's really hard, man. Like I, I definitely can still remember like the first couple years of training. Like, and I'm a smaller guy too. Like I'm 160 pounds. I was probably yeah. even a little, maybe a little bit lighter when I started. But you know, for the most part, a lot of my training, my it's I've been training with bigger guys, right? And it, it can be tough. And definitely, like those first couple of years, sometimes you just feel like you don't get any offense in. You go to a whole class if you only roll with people that are better than you. It's just like, well, I just got my ass kicked for you know a half hour. Like that was great, but um, the licks. Yeah, yeah, but uh, it it really is true. Like if you just kind of keep at it, like you might not impress yourself the next day, but you really got to give jujitsu time and it's like if you give yourself six months a year five years like it, i know it sounds like a lot if you just started like three months ago like well five years like i gotta get my ass kicked for five years but it's like you'll slowly <laughs> you'll, you, you'll slowly make progressions and you'll other people will start to join that don't have as much experience as you i see it every day with uh with the classes i teach the morning classes and i also teach a, a fundamental class a couple times a week and it's important to get a good mixture of rolling with guys that are better than you and guys that you know that you have more experience than and, and you can handle fairly easily because you can practice new moves that you're going to add into your game. So I, like no one appreciates hard rolling more than me. I, I'm often looking to roll with the best person at the gym because I just I think it's yeah. fun and I really enjoy the hard training. But if I try to look at it from like a how am I really going to get better perspective, like you really need like 20% of your roles with people that you know you're maybe a little bit better than better than but you're just going to try some stuff that's not your like a game right and it's gotcha. like, then you'll be able to use that stuff against even better people hopefully the next time good wise words i wanted to ask you about that because you've obviously been you've always been a good coach but now with halifax jiu-jitsu like you you've moved into a different role and you're coaching a lot and running a lot of classes gi no gi now you've kind of you guys made it your own and, and you have this ability to groom people how has that kind of impacted you as a coach, like, like Halifax BJJ. Yeah. Well just, yeah. And, and to be able to take students under yourself, because obviously you have, like, I know there's a ton of people who with a ton of respect for you and you're definitely known as one of the, if not the top, one of the top people in the East coast. Right. So it's, it's as a coach, like, I guess, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but like, how, how, how does it make you feel? Do you see progress in a different way in students now compared to then? Well, it's, it's cool to see the progress and um, no, I really appreciate you saying that it's uh, that's really nice, but I, I feel like, uh, man, COVID has been kind of interesting. Like in a way it's kind of been really good for my jujitsu because mm -hmm. it forced like, okay, we, we weren't really able to train at all. Like that totally sucked obviously. But then once we came back, we had uh, like exclusive bubbles. Right. So that was actually kind of interesting. Cause it's like, I had the same group of people for a couple months and it's like, before that, my classes were often kind of, you know, like a couple of people show up maybe yeah. a couple of times this week and then they're gone for a week and then they come back. And I found it kind of hard to get like a structure going gotcha. in like a curriculum. Yeah. So anyways, just some of the experiences that I had and I found this this COVID, it was like, okay, well, I have this group of people. It's like, okay, guys, we're just going to do half guard for like the next like two weeks. Okay. We're just going to do half guard. And then, you know, people kind of remember stuff if you kind of rep it more often. Yeah. So. You know, I'm not scared to repeat moves. Like sometimes I'll I'll use a technique almost as like a warm up, and we'll do it uh, three or four times throughout the week. And it just gives people time to actually like 
spend time with the move and get better at it. But kind of the COVID bubbles kind of made things kind of interesting for, mm-hmm. you know, just like it was good, bad in some ways, good, good in other ways, but it was just kind of really interesting to see the progress. Yeah. People. Like these are kind of, you know, this is your bubble and it's like, I got to see those people get a lot better over, over time and it's yeah. break the bubbles or, or whatever and got to see people training again. Then we went back to it and, you know, now we're, who knows what's going to happen next, but I'm yeah. always thankful to, to be on the mats. And it's, uh, I'm really thankful that people come to my, come to my class. And, uh, I think it's, it takes a lot of dedication and effort to do jujitsu, especially for, for a sure. long period of time. And I like, I mean, me, me and you, we've been through it. We know what the hard days are like. So I feel like I can relate to people and kind of help push them in the right direction. And yeah. I feel like I have a good filter on like what is kind of bullshit in jujitsu and like what not to practice. And like, you know, like, yes, like this is good, but it's like, I find usually this happens instead. And, you know, not afraid to like, more practical. yeah, I feel like I like, that's kind of one of my strengths too. I try to be practical and it's like, okay, these are the three most important moves you need to know from this position. This is what we're going to mainly focus on for the next like week. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Your jujitsu is it's, it's suit. Like I said, it's versatile, but it's like the fundamentals, like to have you like you're 160 pounds, like you say, but it's like you're 200 pounds when I'm inside control. It's the (laughs) pressure and the technique of it, you know, and, and that's just how it is when you get to that level and, that's why, again, like you say about rolling, um, I love challenging myself against you or people like Jared or, you know, like that's the fun of jujitsu, man. If you're not challenging yourself, then, you know, what's the point? Even though I think my like competition records, like, fuck, oh, and nine, maybe. Oh, maybe? yeah, but I mean, no, I don't no, think no, I ever won that yeah, ever. Yeah. It was like, I can't remember who, who said an interview one time, but it's like, if you think, like, think about like who, who's one of your favorite grapplers uh you know what i don't know if i have one <laughs> who's somebody you like <laughs> jared <laughs> well pretty much yeah jared like i don't but follow when, when anybody you think about, like when you think about jared you probably think about him winning that sub- sub-series match super quick and you know like yeah him guillotine and somebody like you think all his best moments but jared definitely had losses man i had losses we've all we've yeah. all had you know countless amounts of losses but we just keep coming back and it's, you're going to have those moments where you win and have success, but you, you just can't quit on yourself. Like if you, if you don't give yourself time to come back and, and, and fight and have those moments, you'll, you'll only remember your losses. But I, I find for the most part, like people, like if they ask me about competition, usually about a match that I won, you know, if, even if I'm thinking about a loss, it's like, it's, it's tough. I know it's, you can kind of get inside your own head sometimes, but yeah. yeah. But I think, you know, like when you think about like who your favorite grapplers are, you usually think of their wins and their and their um, their best yeah. moments. But they all have their losses, too. Yeah, that's it. There's two people there. Somebody's got to lose. Right. And, and exactly. You know, yeah. I, one thing I wanted to ask you about is this tournament that, that you guys are doing at, at Halifax Jiu Jitsu, man. This is awesome. It's so smart. Like not only does it, it just gives, uh, I, I don't know the concept behind it, like why you guys decide to do it, but I would assume it's to give more competition experience to everybody to am i wrong yeah yeah definitely like because i mean as you know like there's not really any tournaments going on right now and in the past year i think you guys had an event but i think that might have been the only one in like 2020 that i can yeah no rogue did one in no rogue Rogue. did one at the start of the year okay okay so yeah anyways um actually it was i gotta give credit to whalen it was kind of his idea like right off the bat we did the we call, I was calling it the COVID classic. That was kind yeah, of the one. Right. We yeah. were just like, okay, let's do a big in-house tournament. 
And uh, Whalen was the orig original one that kind of posted it and was like going to get it going. And then I was like, I was like, no, nah, I, I got to be the one that makes the bracket <laughs> for this one <laughs> just because I knew I, I just wanted to try to make it like as, as fair as possible. And it's just like, yeah. no, I, th I think I do a good job with this. So I, I was like, yeah, man, I'm going to do the bracket and I'm going to get everybody's names. So I kind of just, just took over. So um, yeah. And then yeah. I started um, going really deep with it and I started doing like getting people to record the matches and I mean, I enjoy watching everybody's matches anyways, but I thought I was like, man, it'd be cool if I, especially with COVID, like I can't coach as many people as I want. So mm -hmm. I was like, I'll just do commentary, like over people's, people's matches. And I feel like, you know, try to give them constructive criticism. And maybe I can kind of talk about some of my past tournament experiences. And I've honestly, I feel like a lot of people have told me through these in-house matches that they're like, man, I get the same nerves. Like I competed before in uh, say one of your events. It's like, I was just as nervous doing the in-house matches I, as I was doing that. So I feel like the nerves are the same, no matter where that, where you are. So. Man, I get nervous going into a club. <laughs> yeah. You're right. Legit. So. Like yeah. it's mine. Like I'm nervous always. Like it's just the way, it, but I think, yeah, it's a great idea. And then when you break it down to, and you do the commentary, it's a super great idea because it, it, like you said, it's all these students are getting to see their match and then see it from their coach's perspective on what to work on. And then you can work on it in class. Like yeah. it's genius. It Absolutely. really is. Like, yeah. From, from just watching the videos and the COVID classic uh, is now over. That was a gi competition. We've since, since moved on to the no gi round robin challenge. That's the current uh, competition going on. But, um, but yeah. And I, I feel like, I mean, you would definitely know this too when you roll and then when you ro watch the roll afterwards, if you recorded it, like sometimes like it, it, it went totally different in your head than what you're watching on the, on the screen. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, Oh man, I thought I had him in half guard like this, but it was actually kind of like this. So I feel like watching yourself is one of the best things that you can do in jujitsu. Dude. I don't think I've competed long enough to watch myself. <laughs> I just suck so bad when I get out there. Like that time I competed in you with that match. It was just literally like, or like it was like I snuck up on you. I was like, Presley, we're doing it now. Just like now you're like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. That was at like, uh, one of the ones in the Glasgow, I think. Yeah. yeah just for you. And like, you just smoked me quick. And it was just, <laughs> yeah, just when you're in your own head in this sport, man, you just can't be, you have to be confident in your abilities. And sometimes for me, it takes someone to piss me off. Yeah. Like, you know, and I find it hard to go like, so I don't know. It's such a fun sport, man. I, I wanted to ask you too about your, your video. I watched the one where you broke down your match in Toronto and okay. I have to thank you for not blasting me uh, on there. You were super polite about it, but for anybody who doesn't know, the true story is we fucked it up when Presley was supposed to come fight in Toronto on our card and we screwed up the plane tickets and long story short, we had to buy brand new plane tickets that day and fly Presley up there. And he arrived at like five o'clock and fought at seven and, and banged out a wicked win. But <laughs> man, that was a, what an experience, eh? Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty, uh, that was pretty crazy, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. Me and uh, Craig Ferguson, uh, he's uh, the, the ring announcer yeah. for that, for that show. We went up, up together and I think, yeah, like you said, I feel like, I think the plane landed at five and it was like the rules meeting was at like five 30. So I was like, well, I'm not even going to that. I was like, I'm, I'm, and I felt just exhausted. Like I don't, everyone's probably spent like a day in an airport or a day waiting around. It's like, sometimes Stressful it actually too. takes a lot of mental energy, like to just kind of be waiting. It's like, okay, we going. Okay. We're not. Okay. Hopefully we go with this time. So I felt like by the time we got there, I was pretty exhausted. I remember even once we got off the plane and we were waiting for our, uh, our ride, I was like stretching, like 
just outside the airport. So <laughs> embarrassing. Then I was like, man, I got to go to the room and just like take a nap. I was like, I don't care if I get there like five minutes before my match, but I was like, I just need to kind of get in the kind of the right headspace and, and, and rest and chill. And I was able to do that. Like I got a little bit of a, a nap at the, at the room. And then I got to the show and it, I think the first, first match had already happened. And sometimes in that situation, it's almost like you don't even, you don't have time to get nervous because yeah. a lot of the shows, the longer you're around, if you're just waiting, waiting, like the nerves just keep building and building and it's, it can, it can crush people. Yeah. But I find, I found for that event, it was like, okay, like as soon as I got there, you're like, okay, you're in, up in two matches. So it's like, by the time I got my warm up, it was like, okay, I'm already out there and I'm already doing my thing. So that one, that one happened quick. I think the whole trip was less than 24 hours. It was like maybe 12 yeah, or 14 right. hours. I was oh my God. Yeah. It was a super embarrassing moment for us, man. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah. So I, I definitely owe you on live here. I owe you an apology for that because you handled it like a boss. You didn't complain. Oh, it's all and, good, man. Uh, it ended up being a, a pretty, pretty awesome match. And you put on a lot of good good events, then I've uh, got to be in a lot of them. So it's all right. You, yeah. you, you, uh, I'll let that one slide. Yeah, that's it. Man. Well, <laughs> you know what? Thank you. But we, you know, I, and I said it all along and I'll say it forever, man. It takes a mat, like it takes a whole team. Like as a community, we all did that. Like I always think of that first show, man, like in New Glasgow and what the atmosphere out back was like. And everyone was so happy and, and just, you know, the nerves were there, but it was just crazy to, you know, to sit like everybody was sitting there and munch and satava and uh, michael trombley and these guys were in here and it was just a weird thing that you know you didn't think i guess would ever happen yeah it was really cool man like you wouldn't expect like internationally known competitors to just kind of be yeah. in glasgow but yeah no it was cool we all got to kind of good old new glasgow yeah test uh, test our skills against some of the world's best so that was uh it was really cool really cool shows yeah, it was fun, man. Well, that's it. Like you think of that show in Toronto, like we're up here in Joao Assist and Tom DeBlas is the main event, and like just uh, you think back, at the memories are pretty fun, man. Uh, that's yeah. a, a big part what's, of it for uh, me. What's what's more fun for you, putting on shows like for guys that you're bringing in at a town, or like kind of the more local feel shows where, like this one that you got coming up, is probably all local guys. All local, yeah. All Nova Scotia. Yeah, I mean, that is. Do you find like it's it's like kind of more chill or it's a little more stressful or what do you find? Uh, well, the, the, the people coming in obviously adds a component with the travel. You have to line up the travel logistics and, and then like our MMA event with the snowstorm, we lost our main event because of the oh, snow. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so what do you do? You, we still paid them because you know, yeah. so but the, I don't know. Like I think a jujitsu man, like I'll never do a tournament again ever ever you couldn't pay me a million dollars to do it like an actual long like big tournament again right like it's a lot but these events are pretty easy now from a organized production standpoint but yeah. i like local like to me it's like uh, it's, I fun, can't man. it's fun to see some of the local talent kind of go out there and i mean it was just making me think like yeah man the tournament that i'm running it's it's super easy people just send me, i don't even have to be there they just <laughs> send me the matches <laughs> So, even uh, better commentator and uh, scorekeeper but but yeah that the tournaments that last all day are stressful because you gotta include everybody and schedule everything perfectly if you miss one person somebody's freaking out and it's just losing it. it can be a lot of stress for sure yeah yeah you keep the forty three hundred dollars i've made in four <laughs> months of planning thank you 
I, I don't need these extra medals either. You can take them. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah right. it's a it's a hard goal, man. And I think like I think what you guys are doing, like you can really build off that. I think I think that's a huge. It's a great thing, just like for camaraderie and, and competition overall. It's just a, it's a great thing to see. And what you're, you're starting to break down more things. You're starting to do more more tutorials. Is that kind of all part of it? Like you just kind of say enough yeah, man. Is I'm enough. just I'm, trying to kind of trying to get out there a little bit more, like um nice. you know i'm just a naturally pretty like introverted uh person like kind of have to push myself to try to try to do more of this stuff but like i said covid just kind of gave everybody more downtime and i've i've always definitely used youtube a lot to learn jiu-jitsu and watch some of my uh, favorite grapplers or my competition or people you know whatever so and i, I always thought it'd be cool to kind of have like a youtube channel and you know maybe show some technique or break down some matches but i, I just never thought i had the time because i was just always training so much and putting so many hours on the mat. But when you're all of a sudden you have a lot more free time than you used to, you kind of think about things a little bit differently. So I kind of mm -hmm. took a crack at doing a couple of breakdown videos and people seem to enjoy them. And then it's been kind of going from there. And now I'm kind of getting into uh showing technique, like kind of more like instructional series type of thing. Mm -hmm. And, and that's fun too, man. Like it's, it's fun to kind of, uh, to give your knowledge in in different ways. And, you know, I, I feel like I have a lot to give to, to the jiu-jitsu world. I've, Feel like i've been around i got to train with some good people like you said i got to train with ryan hall i got to train with cabrinha for a couple weeks back in the day like i've i've got to train with and it's, and it's a cool thing about jiu-jitsu like you don't always you can't get to train with your heroes or the people that you look up to if you play basketball or hockey yeah. like, you can't go practice with Sidney crosby if, if you yeah. want you know you get to but, actually fight your hero yeah in, in jiu-jitsu like it's it's not crazy to think that you might actually compete against someone that like you admire, like when you're a white belt, you know, it's happened to me. Like when I was at the, the Vegas open a couple of years ago, I got to go against uh, Bruno Frazado, who most people might not know, but I'm just a big jiu-jitsu nerd. So by the yeah. time I was a blue belt, I was like, Oh man, this guy's been in the finals of the world championships and he's competed in basically every event and won medals. And it's crazy to think like fast forward, like 10 years later, it's like, okay, no, now I, this guy's in my bracket. It's like, you can't think about him as like, Oh, this is a guy that I look up to anymore. It's just like you really got to almost treat it like it's a faceless person, and you're yeah. like you're just fighting techniques. You don't want to fight the person because sometimes if you did admire them or you think certain things about them, it can sometimes hold you back. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. Like I can only imagine. Like I, I've never really competed at a super high level, but I, that's the way I look. Even like when I'm competing against people like you, I'm like, oh, it's Presley, my buddy. Like Presley, I don't know. I'm just I'm expected to get my ass kicked, so I'll just go <laughs> out and get you know. But when you're competing at that high level, like the mental aspect of it is a huge, huge, huge thing. Is there anything that you go through before you're going to compete at at a high level? Like I know locally, I've watched you compete a lot you know, pretty quiet, like a lot of guys, you know, just kind of keep to themselves before anything different. No, man, I don't, I don't really have any like specific techniques, like uh mental wise. Like I always just try to fight with a lot of confidence, you know, like no matter how training's going or if you got your ass kicked or you, you had a rough week or whatever, I feel like when it comes to competition, even if you got to kind of fake it a little bit, like that's the mm -hmm. time to be confident in competition. Like you don't really want to start questioning yourself and thinking like, Oh geez. Well, I didn't really practice any takedowns. Like, should I really go for takedowns? Like if that was in your game plan, like that's your game plan. You got to go for it. Gotcha. So sometimes I, f I feel like you almost got to try to pump yourself up or be your own cheerleader. And I've gone through that a lot. Cause a lot of these 
bigger competitions when I was a blue belt, like I didn't have a big team going with me. Like it was me. Yeah. Sometimes I would just meet up with like a friend that I trained with somewhere. And it was like, Oh man, will you corner me? Like, like that. When I did uh, the event in, in on Ontario, I think it was um, Sarah that, that uh, cornered me. Yes. She was just giving me a ride. And uh, she's like, do you have anyone, anyone cornering you for this event? I was like, uh, no, do, do, do you want to corner me? <laughs> a lot of times that's how I find my, uh, my corner person. But for me, I feel like it's not like I'm not looking for someone to tell me technique wise, like, Josh, go for a triangle, go for an armbar. Like, like no one's yeah. going to know my game better than me. Yeah. So like if I'm looking for a coach, it's more just like let keep me aware of the time and the points. And it's like maybe if you think like, hey, they're going to go for this or whatever, like like that's the type of stuff that I find valuable. The lower level, the lo like less skill that you have or like the lower level white belt, blue belt. You probably got to tell them a little bit more specifically like no yeah. no don't do that with your arm grab your lapel do this and do that but it's like you don't need to overcoach someone that has a lot of experience yeah that's very well said because it's it's interesting when when you get to that level obviously a lot of people do bring a coach but it's you, you don't hear much the higher level yeah. you know the lower the lower the voice it seems right yeah and it's one thing to get used to the kind of the crowd noise and stuff too and even like not a part of the the in-house tournament that we've done, I was starting to do matches every Friday. Like I would just do one or two competition matches and something that I actually picked up from uh, Keenan Cornelius. I got to train at his gym just for four or five days, um, nice. just in like January, 2020. It was actually right before COVID kind of got crazy. Oh, like oh, I didn't that. know that. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I got to train at, at Legion for probably like four days. I got, I got probably like, like eight or nine classes in. But one thing that he did that was interesting was he did a, a competition match, which I mean, lots of people do in-house competition matches, but he split the gym right down the middle. He was like, okay, this half of the gym, you guys are cheering for Chris and you got, you have this half, you guys are cheering for Derek. And he was like, and make it realistic guys like cheer and, and make it like a competition. Cause just like you said, like when you get to a real competition, like that crowd noise is a real thing. And it's like, you'll all, your coach will sometimes almost be drowned out. Cause you just get that like one or whatever. And just so many people are yelling and screaming at tournaments. So I thought that was kind of interesting that he huh. kind of made it more like an actual tournament atmosphere. Yeah. So it's something smart. that I try to do too. Like for my, any in-house match, I always try to be like, okay, I'm giving them a couple coaches because that's what it's really like. You'll often at least have one coach, you know? Super, that's really interesting. That's a great idea, actually. Anybody listening out there, that's fantastic advice. Um, wow, I never really, you know, I don't think I've seen anyone else do that. Yeah, no, you gotta, you gotta, really? you gotta steal the secrets when you can, man. That's it. That's. Did you tell him you you competed on the event that he stole? <laughs> no, no, I I did try remember to roll him. Uh, it was kind of weird, weird timing, because um, he had just competed at the Europeans, so. I think we got there like Saturday, but he actually didn't get there, get back from Europeans until like Monday. And we left like Wednesday morning or something. So there was only like two days or three days where I got to train when Keenan was there, but he wasn't rolling. Like there's one uh, new yeah. class where there wasn't really that many people there. And it, and it was kind of weird. Like, uh, cause they, at the start of class, they line everybody up and they line up the black belts, like at the front. And Legion was probably not even like two months old at this point. So like the classes were fairly small, like they were 
um, pro probably similar to the size that we have at Halifax BJJ, if not smaller, actually, like probably like 10 to like 20 range. Oh, wow. So, like it was uh, the black belts that lined up at the front were me, Keenan, and Andres. And I was just, I just remember saying, like, ah, <laughs> oh, this is weird. Like, I kind of feel like you don't really necessarily belong with these two guys that are, um, uh, oh, you that belong, are that good. Man. But they're like, no, nah, man, whatever. Like, they were, they were fairly cool. Um, and I, I did get to roll with Andres. That was, uh, that was awesome. He definitely kicked my ass, but. I did ask Keenan to roll. Like I was like, uh, I was like, did, did you want to get one in, man? I was like, uh, just just uh, the first round. He's like, nah, man, I'm I'm not rolling. I just got back from the tournament. I was like, okay, cool, but um, worth a shot. Yeah, worth worth the shot. It's a little uh, a little disappointing, you know. Came and yeah, he went all the way there, traveling as far as that as we did, but but you know, he definitely puts a lot of uh, mileage on his body, and he's training hard, and um, it just yeah. didn't work out timing wise, but it, it was still cool to get the experience of seeing how he ran his classes. That's more what I was interested in anyways. Like if I would have got to roll with Keenan, yeah, it would have been cool. And it, but it would have just been like, yeah, Keenan just beat me up and he did his lapel guard thing to me or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But I got, I got more out of it just kind of being like, Oh, this is Watch how Keenan runs his classes. It's like, you kind of just get the experience of being a fly on the wall and just being like, Oh, yeah. okay. He does things this way. Or he did, he did that different than I do. Or, you know, I, I'd like taking things in that way. Interesting. Another way to look at it, right? Yeah. What What'd you think of the whole uh, Galvo Gordon thing? Oh, when Gordon slapped uh, Andre Gavau. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty wild, man. I uh, that's definitely not how I was expecting things to go. Um, I didn't watch the event live, but I kind of just woke up and uh, went on Flow Grappling and checked, and that was the first. Time. I was like, I was like, Ron, <laughs> Gordon Ryan slaps Gavau. I was like, what? And I almost thought it was like a joke or something, and then. Um, yeah, it was it was crazy to me how like there wasn't even any like I don't know if those shows would normally have like security or like people that you think would just kind of be able to get in the way and like they wouldn't yeah. be able to get that close to each other. But I don't know. I guess there's a couple different like ways to look at it. Like it's definitely like going to make the match like a lot more like a lot more eyes on it and stuff, and it's going to probably make social media go crazy. But but you you got to think about it in terms of like like so many people watch these guys and look up to them and like kids and like young people and you don't really want kids running around slapping <laughs> people because wow. they think it's going to get them like a, a big match or whatever and i thought it was pretty big of andre gavau to i did i actually didn't even watch like his apology i just read that he posted a video about how he was um how he apologized for how everything went down and you know i i thought that was uh pretty respectful about how he you know he admitted that he was wrong because even though he did get slapped he admitted basically that he was being a jerk too and he he didn't yeah. need to do what he did and get in gordon's face and and give him yeah. the middle finger like like that's not cool man like I, I wouldn't be i wouldn't be very happy if someone did that to me either but i probably wouldn't slap them um like i don't yeah. think gordon should should did that either but um i don't know those yeah. guys are crazy it's, it, yeah it's a fucking crazy situation man like uh to me like i don't know uh fuck uh, it's it's yeah uh, i yeah to me it's like you gave him the middle finger but like that also doesn't justify slapping somebody really you know what i mean you're supposed to be yeah and to me to me it almost kind of looked like gaval was like almost kind of half joking when he was going up to gordon and trying to be like hey whatever like because like he's also like on his phone like who comes up to you when they're on their phone, like trying to talk to you? Like, like that, that seemed totally weird to me, yeah. but he almost kind of seemed like he was kind of, kind of joking. But then it's like, when they like bump chess, it was like, not, Gordon's not joking anymore. And then he just reacted so quick and slapped him. And you could tell yeah. I was just in total shock. He was just like, he just couldn't believe what happened. Like this is a yeah. guy that's had, you know, 
probably a dozen MMA fights or something. He can he can handle himself, but you could tell he was not expecting that to. Yeah, it almost floored happen. him. Poor guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was. Um, he it took it though. It'll be definitely be one of the most talked about moments of Gordon's career, good or bad. But uh, yeah, yeah, good old Gordon, man. <laughs> it was fun having him at that event. I gotta say. That was yeah, a crazy. He was he was also at the the event in in uh, in Ontario, right? That was a pretty uh, yeah historic event. Yeah, I think I think we we shared a ride with them to the because man, there was a big UFC, wasn't it? Like Rory yeah. McDonald and Robbie Lawler. Uh, I think I, I think there, was, there was like a crazy fight like like Vegas. that. I think yeah, yeah. But I remember SP. I always try to ask them about that because I've always been like a G, big GSP fan. Yeah. Uh, when I was growing up, because he was one of the only like Canadian like mixed martial artists like when i was growing up really so anyways i knew that he was like a like he was with tom he cornered tom de blast i think right yeah 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 so i was like i was like oh that's cool he cornered him i was like and uh, i knew he trained at henzo's i was like so you train with gsp he's like yeah I got, uh he's like gsp trains there i don't know i don't even know if he said uh he trained with them i don't really remember but he just i just remember him being like real quiet and it's like and then uh we got to to the bar wherever we were watching the fights and didn't really talk to him much uh, past that, but and then you kind of look back a couple years later, and it was like, it's like him, like the guy, that guy that I like shared a car ride with. He's the one that's like talking trash on social media it's and everything. Like, yeah, yeah, he was like a skinny, crazy, like, but, um, skinny dude, man. He wasn't big at all. Like, yeah, and no, he's he like totally he was quiet. Like that bar hear, was. Hot. Yeah, yeah, but I hear from from people that meet him that like don't know him. They're like, they say he's a he's a really nice guy. You know, it's just. I think that's just kind of the persona that he puts on for, yeah. for social media up until he slapped a vow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And any of my dealings with any of those DDS crew, they were all great to deal with. Like I never had any issues with them at all. So yeah, I, you know, he's had a rough year too. Like with this, you know, lots of stuff going on. So the, you know, I, I think like there was more to it behind with that slap, you know, and, but it, yeah. it's a great buildup for the fight. Like you said, it's, it's, yeah, they got to have the match now. Great selling feature, buddy. Sure, Let's yeah. get into it. Uh, a couple of last questions for you. Um, if For Josh Presley, like when when people think of Josh Presley in like your jiu-jitsu legacy, um, what do you think? What do you want them to say? Jeez, it's kind of heavy. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. I would uh... – like I said, I feel like I just have a have a lot of knowledge to to give, and I've experienced a lot in jiu-jitsu. I got to go to the worlds, and I got some medals, and I got to train with a lot of a lot of great people. So I feel like if I don't give anything back, I'm really kind of letting myself down and like the jiu-jitsu community. So I don't know. I honestly, I don't really think about how people think of me or are gonna think of me. I just feel like I can kind of just try to put my best effort into whatever I'm working on. And I feel like I've kind of found a niche maybe with these videos and I can kind of give people good feedback and now I can start to show technique. People seem to be interested in that. So I, I guess I just hope in however many years or whatever time long after I'm dead, people are like, Oh, Presley, like he was helpful to the jiu-jitsu community. And it's like, people will still be able to go back and like watch my videos and stuff, hopefully. So it's like, you know, um, I, like it. I just That's feel like I can, I yeah, I feel like jiu-jitsu is a real like kind of pay it forward uh, type of mentality. It's like people will help you along the way. So eventually, like I'm sure like like yourself, like once you get to to black belt, it's like you you kind of want to give back and like you're putting on on events. Uh, I feel like videos and like kind of coaching and and you know I feel like that's kind of my 
all this trying to kind of give back. Yeah, that's it, man. That's exactly what it is. Giving back and everybody has a different way they go about it too, you know, and uh, I think it's, it's important. And I, I watched an interview with Gavin uh, today and he said a really great thing about Dan uh, you know, like how Dan was like, you know, like you, you pass things along, you pay it forward in the sport and give each other opportunities. And it was like, and, and now it's mine. And it was just a really like the, so, such a humble, nice martial artists kind of just thing. You know, I don't know. I love seeing high level people like yourself and Gavin and lots of people who are just really talented and humble. Yeah. I think, I think the thing is like when you've trained, like, I think I'll be like 14 years into jujitsu this year. Like at this point, it's like, not to say I've seen everything, but it's like, you, you've seen a lot like in, yeah. in the sport and jiu-jitsu is very closely connected to MMA. So, you know, you see a lot through MMA, a lot through jiu-jitsu and you, you kind of deal with lots of different people, especially if you're coaching and you're part of a big gym, you're going to, you really want to meet some, uh, some different interesting people. You should join uh, martial arts and join jujitsu. But um, so, yeah, so you that. <laughs> yeah, you definitely get to deal with some uh, some interesting people. And I feel like you will just come to respect the people that, like you said, are humble and hardworking. And like, hopefully that's kind of what everybody strives for. And you can tell, yeah, Gavin and his opponent, they're definitely of this, cut from the same type of cloth. Like they're just like kind of put their head down and grind and, and work hard. And, and those are the people that do well in, in martial arts, the people that they don't let themselves, they don't let bad days or bad roles get them down they just kind of keep on pushing forward and you just kind of want to make slow and steady improvements and i don't think anyone's uh, done that better than gavin yeah well well said man well said he's uh he's on a tear and i'm super excited to watch him this weekend it's really neat to to see man like i love seeing people that like have been at this forever succeed you know and together too like uh, you know you see pat and and uh gavin down there like how cool is that in the ufc performance institute like that's a dream man like that these guys have worked really hard to obtain and it's fucking cool to see i love it absolutely yeah it's come come a long way i mean they've all you know they fought on the local shows and now they're yeah. training with the the big names in the ufc and yeah, hopefully awesome. you know i think i think gavin will get this win and he'll get in the top 10 he's only going to fight bigger and bigger names so you know like who knows mm -hmm. where he'll be in, in a year's time or in a couple fights you know yeah yeah it's it's very cool what about you man like before we get going here what, what's the future look for mr presley in competition uh any are, are you just going to keep focusing on what you're doing right now yeah i think i'm going to kind of keep plugging away what i'm what i'm doing now i think the i'm really proud of uh, how the morning classes have have come along at halifax bjj i think we have a really good thing going there and just with the whole club in general like i'm just you know yeah. that's what the main main classes that i teach but I'm I'm really happy and uh, proud of all my students that that show up and put in the dedication and you know I think that's a, a big thing that keeps me going and keeps me motivated. Um, I plan to keep making more videos, you know, more techniques, all that stuff. Competition is kind of tough right now, like as you know, there's not mm. any tournaments really happening, and there's you can't really travel outside of the province. Like I'm not I, I'm not going to be able to go just compete and come back and do like a quarantine, like I'm yeah. an option for me. So that's fine. Like, I feel like I can just kind of put my effort into the different creative outlets with videos, but I'm not done competing. I'm definitely, you'll definitely see me competing in the future. Once this COVID thing is over, whenever it's over, I'll definitely be back out there. I'm not done uh, competing on the 
the IBJJF circuit or or whatever's out there. I'm I'm interested in competing in things like the ADCC trials. I think that would be cool. That'd be like a real high yeah. level nogi tournament. Um, I'm fun. still interested in competing against you know the, any major tournament and against any any big name competitor. I'm always down to to challenge myself against against any high level grappler. I like that. I like that. Well, who knows what the future may hold, folks? Huh? <laughs> who knows? We'll get you in there someday again, Presley, maybe. That's All right, buddy. Well, again, I, I appreciate you joining me, man, and uh, taking the time to jump on here and, and spread some knowledge and uh, keep doing what you're doing. You're a great role model for myself and a lot of other people in the community. You've always kind of been there and, and definitely one of the top, you know, athletes out here. So keep being you, man. You do a great job. Thanks a lot, man. I appreciate it. And uh, thanks for having me on. It was uh, great to catch up and chat with you. Hopefully I see you around the gym uh, again here soon. Yes, sir. I hope and, to. Uh, good, good luck with the event uh, coming up. I know that you got one coming up in April too, right? Yes, sir. Uh, April and then uh, June MMA. And hopefully I'd like to get you back on the mic there at some point too. So yeah, yeah. To... I always have fun doing call. I think uh, your event is probably one of the first ones that I did commentary on. I had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, you're a good commentator. For yeah, sure. it kind of just kind of went from there, but yeah, yeah, I know one of my students I think is uh, is on that the show in April, so we're Steve, uh, yeah, 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 we're uh, we're helping him get ready for that one. I think uh, I think it's going to be a great show. I'll definitely be tuning in. Nice man. Well, well, thank you very much. Uh, where can everybody find your videos? Just before we get going, uh, just look me up on YouTube. Just uh, Josh Presley or Presley BJJ. Same for Instagram. Just Presley BJJ. And uh, shout out to Akiro. They're one of my sponsors nice. and uh, yeah, just kind of keep an eye out on, uh, on social media, Instagram, YouTube. Uh, you'll definitely know what's going on with me. I'll definitely have a lot more coming up in the future. Perfect. There you have it. Well said, buddy. Thanks for joining us, man. Nice catching up. Thanks. I'll, man. See, you, I'll see you soon for a good roll. For sure. Okay, have pal. Mr. Josh Presley, super great guy. Uh, you know, a lot of fun chatting, catching up. It was nice. Bum, bum, bum. As he was saying, yes, we do have an event coming up on April 9th, Submission Kumite 2. Um, it'll be very similar to our last event uh, last October, um, this time for a championship belt instead of the ring. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be a great. Uh, we changed venues. We're going to be at the DeCoste Center in Picton, Nova Scotia. There will be 50 tickets available, uh, VIP tickets available only. Um, but, yeah, Colin Hanson Perez. Perez, Perez. How you doing, buddy? Yeah. Anyway, uh, make sure you uh, are uh, the tickets will be on sale March 22nd and uh, the pay-per-view will be available on April 2nd for pre-order one week before. All right, folks. Thanks to all our sponsors. Again, thanks to Mezcal Aguasanta for sponsoring this episode. Check them out. Uh, the representative, Mr. Uh, Andrew Keys here on the East Coast. Great guy. Oh. Uh, a blue belt, um, you know, it's a delicious premium beverage, so make sure you get out and, and purchase it. All right, folks, have a wonderful night. We will see you soon.